Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina again today. We are continuing our conversation called Living Room Conversations. And today, Chris, we have an incredible guest with us. Would you like to introduce her? She is our youngest daughter, Libby. Libby is 19 years old, finished high school this past June, and because this is 2022. And so, Libby, we're excited to talk to you. We know, obviously, a lot about you, but because of our journeys, we want to share uh, some of yours with with the people as well. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you right now, this instant, who you are. (laughs) Well, yes, I'm Libby Elledge. And at the moment, I am taking a gap year Mm -hmm. and I'm working as a dance teacher on the side for a musical group called Center Stage. And yeah. We really feel the importance of talking about people's stories. And there's a part of your story that we really think it's all worth telling but this part is really worth telling so the backstory is we spent nine years in Austria and Libby how old were you when we moved there I was five years old yeah when we moved there yeah so she's five years old she's never heard German <laughs> and she goes straight into a German all German speaking context and so she experienced some things that we did not know the full depth of until much later when she processed it probably like two summers ago or so. So why don't you just jump in and tell us that part of your story, maybe how it started and things you experienced. Yeah, I would say from a very young age, I was a very creative kid, really thrived in settings where there was really good communication. And so I was just a really creative kid. And so going into a culture that was very structured but also didn't understand the language. And then also at a very young age where shame was used as good discipline. Mm. And yeah, I would say that definitely with not with lack of communication on language part, barely knowing the language. Sure. And then the the kind of the mindset of like to discipline you is to shame you. Mm-hmm. And then also being the age of five to six, not really being able to fully communicate what that looks like. Um, could be a difficult situation um, to be in. Yeah. And I'd like to share a memory I have. So we dropped you off at kindergarten and uh, because we had to go to language school. And if you've lived overseas, this is just part of the journey. It has to happen. But we dropped you off at the kindergarten. And I remember the teacher telling us, we will speak no English with her. And you're five years old. And they could have spoken English with you, but they chose not to, thinking it will help you and benefit you. But you were a frightened little girl. And... Uh, we may have told you this in the past, but we walked out of that school, down the sidewalk, outside the gate, and we were both crying, mm-hmm. uh, thinking we've left our little girl there, and she doesn't understand a thing. And it was it was hard and difficult. And as you're going to share in this, some of this story, it was a lot more difficult on you than we ever realized. Yeah. I mean, now, like looking back on it, I'm very thankful that I went through that experience because God really did change me through that. Um, from a very young age, yes, it was probably one of the most difficult things to conquer, but but through like talking about it and through then later on being at once I got older, explaining things that happened and then having that communication with you guys where it was like, hey, that wasn't actually okay. And then obviously having the deep support that you guys always gave. 
So I felt comfortable sharing. And then once, I guess, just having open communication was really helpful. But Well, I want to jump into, so we moved there when you're five. You go to an Austrian kindergarten, and that was a lot of play. There wasn't like hardcore things. And so, but then you entered first grade, Mm -hmm. and you went first grade repeated first grade, Mm -hmm. and went part of second grade. Mm -hmm. And you touched on the shame culture. Do you have a specific story or incident that maybe would (laughs) would highlight that? Because not everybody understands what that looks like. So paint a picture based on what you experienced. Yeah, well, actually, there were two memories that kind of came to mind. One memory specifically was um, we were going to PE, and uh, we had to have the certain shoes, certain clothing, and automatically, if you don't have the certain shoes that they want, I mean, some schools, like, they have, like, a like a curriculum. They have a list of books, and mm-hmm. but they have, like, a list of, like, certain things that you needed. And I remember the teacher was, like, getting all the kids excited. All the kids were yelling, but I had no clue what we were yelling about. And, <laughs> and I was just really confused. But also, as a five-year-old, just really stressed in the moment. So in the moment, I, like, covered my ears, mm-hmm. and my teacher stopped everyone automatically and then turned all the class's attention to me and Uh saying, Libby's not having any fun. Everyone, like, pay attention. Like, this is how you should not act in when we're having fun and stuff. But there was another incident where we had coloring days. So we would all gather around and this professional coloring teacher would come into our classroom. Wait, let's just pause here. A, <laughs> a professional, professional coloring, coloring teacher. teacher. Yes. Oh a professional coloring teacher. Yeah. And she would come into the classroom and she would sit down. Uh, she'd pull up a chair at the teacher's desk right next to the teacher. And she would get out a little piece of paper that we'd be coloring. And she would show us exactly how to color. She mm-hmm. would color in uh, there would be no white showing, none of the white underneath the paper. Sure. And um, if there was any lines outside of the of the coloring thing, like I remember we colored like a clown once, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so we she showed us how to color it. Then we all sat down, and we colored. And I remember this one little boy walked up and she um, showed his paper in front of everyone and got really angry, and she ripped his paper and threw it in the trash can, mm. gave him a new piece of paper. And told him redo it. And so each person going up would be so scared to give their papers to the coloring teacher to be approved. Um, And remind us, you're in what grade at this point when this uh, is happening? We were all first graders. First grade. So So we had just come out of kindergarten. Right. And you had just turned six. And so this is the experience. Mm -hmm. And these... These aren't isolated. This was normal. And so the purpose is not to bash Austrian school system, but we want to paint a clear picture of this was the environment that you lived in. Now, you experienced some things that we weren't quite aware of. I I remember feeling that you were stressed, Mm -hmm. feeling like, oh, where's our spunky little Libby? Because you kind of seemed to disappear. disappear. And toward the end, I, I remember volunteering coming to the school and I remember a a time when um, it was time precisely at eight o'clock for the morning meeting and two girls came in like at 803 and your teacher stopped the class had everybody look at the two latecomers asked them why they were late the the one girl said oh we're so sorry there was a major traffic jam on the interstate 
and she used them as an example to the rest of the class of class this is unacceptable have your parents leave early i mean just camped out on there and made them look very small yeah and and this was normal for what you were experiencing yeah like um i remember because i didn't understand the language um i had a english teacher and she was the only person that spoke english with me even my schoolmates they were very much they followed they wanted to obey the teacher so they just did what they were supposed to do i remember one time i really had no clue what we were supposed to do i was really confused and i turned to the girl that was sitting next to me and I was like do you know what she just said and um she tried to explain it to me and the teacher stopped her and said don't tell her and the teacher waited for me to finally understand what was happening but I remember just sitting there so confused wanting to just stand up and be and just kind of like just kind of almost scream like be like please help me I have no clue what's going on so I would say I just like as a child automatically like went through a lot of honestly just like feeling like internal agony just like mm-hmm. so lost and like not heard and just really misunderstood confused why I was being put down for just simply not understanding the language mm-hmm. and then then I felt really scared of authority figure mm-hmm. because I felt like I was always going to do something wrong and yeah that's not a safe environment to be in for a child I'd like to share a memory connected with that school Libby that you went through again it's not to slam but it, here's here's a perspective. If you're a parent, your children may be going through aspects of trauma, uh, great difficulty that they don't even share with you, that they just mm-hmm. uh, push it away, thinking, how embarrassing for me to even mention this. Mm-hmm. Because there are, we, we think we're good parents, but there are things, so many things we missed with you in that environment. Or they're so young, like you said, Libby, you don't have the words to put into what you're experiencing. I, I do remember right on top of that, I remember one day I just dreaded, I really did not want to go to school. And I remember on the way there, I remember like grabbing your hand, be like, mom, I'm so sick. I can't go to school today. And I remember my stomach hurts so bad. Honestly, I think my stomach hurts so bad because I was so afraid. (laughs) I was so terrified. And then you finally like turn and you listen to me like, okay, if you're sick, like let's go home. And I remember like the biggest weight came off my shoulders. I was like, oh my word, freedom. I'm finally gone. But I think for parents, if I would say just watch, I think next time, just like if you're in a situation where you're not for sure of where your kid's at, I would say pay attention to what your child is saying, what they're doing. If they are a very happy-go-lucky child and randomly kind of switch, if you're in a different culture, it might not just be the culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Children are very naive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very easy to trick in a way. Mm-hmm. They're very, they think the best out of everyone. And so as a child who knew that there was something wrong and yeah, couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. so as a child of who would be easily naived by people, I think it was, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was something to notice. A minute ago, I mentioned that I'd like to share another memory because this, we began to see um, how things, the stress was manifesting itself, Libby. You were at home, you were sitting at the dining table. I think I was working on my German lesson, stressing as an adult. But you were writing, and you frantically began to erase a word or two on your paper. And you were, you were so intense about it. I said, Libby, it's no big deal. It must be perfect, Dad. And you said it with such intensity. And you also, I think you actually maybe erased a hole in the paper because you kept erasing it. And it's things like that we began to realize it's much more than just being in this school. There's some other things going on. Yeah. 
So we can't go back and erase what happened, right? We learn mm-hmm. from it and we mm-hmm. navigate through that. Fast forward to when you were older mm-hmm. and you had language to put toward your experience. What did you discover? What did you learn? How did it affect you? Yeah, just walk us through that process. Well, um, I would say my very last year at that school actually was the sweetest. Yes, it wasn't a whole awesome situation, but I think deep, deep down the teacher's intentions were to really have us thrive in the end. I remember in the very end, I became really good at German. And I remember my, my teacher, who I saw as this mean, wicked old lady, really really ended up coming to really like me in the end because I did learn German. Mm -hmm. But I think I learned out of that whole situation. Well, I guess what I'm, let me just be direct. Mm -hmm. Take us back to counseling Um, last summer. And you were, you, you started developing anxiety from like second grade on. Mm -hmm. And then we went to talk to a counselor and there was kind of an aha moment where she had tested you for something or whatever. And you were, she made a comment to you like, Libby, it seems like the trauma you experienced as a young five, six, seven-year-old girl has come out, you know, like there's this anxiety maybe has that root there. Do you feel like walking through that? Yeah. No, she actually, yeah, she she said that she believes that I she diagnosed me with trauma mm-hmm. um, from early ages. Yeah. And when I heard that, it was probably the most painful thing to hear, but yeah. also the most freeing thing to hear at the same time. Yeah. Because it put words to what I experienced of I'm not being dramatic. Right. I'm actually being truthful. Mm-hmm. Like there was stuff that actually happened. And I think also being the youngest and the most energetic child, the most outgoing at times, it definitely does like, oh, Libby's just being a little dramatic or she's a, mm-hmm. she's gone through theater. But you know, it really it really did bring to, hey, it brought to a light of, you know, like she went through something. And I think it going through that of the Lord already healing that, but also bring that up of like, hey, but like, let's recognize that you went through something, mm-hmm. but I took you out of that. Yeah. And then to know that that's not a part of my identity it is a part of a story, mm-hmm. but the Lord brought me through that to now bring on the other side of it. Okay, let's pause right there. I just love what you said. <laughs> That's part of your story. That's not your identity. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So trauma at a young age was part of your story. That's not your identity. Mm-hmm. Libby, people don't know you, but And I'm not just saying this because you're my daughter, but you are one of the strongest women that I know. And I think you, when I read Romans 8.28, that God works all things together for good Mm -hmm. for those who love him. Like in my Bible, it's your picture. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like the trauma that you experienced, you let God use to make you better. Um, what are some things you learned? Like, how did God use that? Unpack that for us. Yeah. Well, I think God taught me through that too. Then I, in third grade, I had one of the sweetest teachers who noticed that I was really scared of turning things in late. I'm really scared of just doing something wrong. 
um, kind of failing. And she brought it to your attention Mm -hmm. and was like, hey, like, you know, like, Libby seems to be really stressed about, like, failing different things. And she's only in third grade, you know. (laughs) And so um, I remember she, I think she had, like, come to me after class and was like, Libby, you don't have to be afraid of me or anything. And I think her showing me as, like, a teacher of so close right after from all that happening was really sweet because it showed me like it's not all helped me not be afraid of an authority figure Mm. and that was you had changed schools at that point correct yes so this um, was an international school at this point yes this was in the private international school that we um exchanged so okay yeah so you had the help of a really positive teacher Mm -hmm. um what was support that you got at home um, I think once I was able to like to put words to it, I think everyone really just listened. No one tried to take away what they didn't downplay it. Neither, neither of you guys downplayed it or even Parker Addison. Uh, they really were attentive to what happened and you guys walked me through processing that. Okay. So you went through that. What, how can we process that together and how can we move forward? Um, and not let this hold you down. Um, yeah. Okay. I have a, um, a memory of trying to help you with German. This is a humorous memory early on. And it, I'd lay down with you at night. You were, I guess you were five still. And I'm learning German. And I'm trying to read a children's German book to you, <laughs> which is basic. And I was stumbling all over the place. And you'd, you'd say, hey, Dad, that's okay. You don't have to read anymore. <laughs> I was trying to help you. I was actually causing stress probably yeah. uh, to you without realizing it. Yeah. But I do want to say, uh, when we say trauma... It's easy to go, well, this person was physically or mentally or not. This person was physically abused or this happened, and you can see it, right? But sometimes our children, like you were, Libby, you were experiencing trauma that there were there was no outside evidence for a while that we saw. It was happening to you, and you're living in our home, and we're not seeing it until we began to see stress showing itself outwardly. You had said uh, physically and mentally. I think probably trauma mainly sometimes starts growing mentally for sure. And Mm -hmm. then it started showing physically where my body would, you know, Mm -hmm. showing the erasing and stuff. So, yeah. Some of the trauma that you experienced, we touched on a little bit about you started experiencing anxiety. Uh, Do you want to pack that a little bit? Like how did that show itself? And then how did you deal with it? Yeah, I think then just a state of worry, a state of fear, then home was really a safe place. And sleeping was a safe place of just being at home. And then I had heard a story of someone that you guys knew very well who had died in their sleep. And then obviously if a child's brain is just kind of all over the place and then Mm -hmm. hearing something else where that was a safe place Mm -hmm. and then being taken to something so scary. Mm -hmm. And then I think from then on that really took into, it planted a root which was terrible it was detrimental honestly mm-hmm. it was really and so then growing up then after that for about a year just like really terrified to just go to sleep at night because had troubles during the day and then hearing something mm-hmm. fearful happening to someone I think yeah, yeah that definitely rooted anxiety deep in so when the brain is stressed when it experiences trauma <clears throat> then things that seem significant or maybe not super significant, then the brain interprets as, oh my, here's another fear, here's something else. If the, mm-hmm. the brain is already freaking out, is traumatized, then you 
you develop like this fear of dying or yeah. fear of being alone or yeah. okay fast forward you're 19 you're a young woman you're taking mm-hmm. a gap year you're seeking out what what the next chapter of your life yeah. looks like and seizing moments and building community does anxiety play a role in your life now and if it doesn't why i would say a strong no it does not <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> no it doesn't um it doesn't play a role or it doesn't control you anymore. Does it still visit you, anxiety? Yeah. As parents, trying to figure out how to best, yeah, understand our children, what they're, what they're going through just helps. Right. And I think a turning point really came for you because we, we went into the room together. You had asked me to, and I was more than happy to be there. But when she said the word trauma, it released something. Yes. And it, it let you name it. And that was really a turning point for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I got a little tickle in the no, throat there. You're good. So <laughs> but, tell us, do you struggle with anxiety now? And before you had your coughing fit, you <laughs> said a resounding no. Tell us what that looks like. Yeah, I would say a big no. That mm-hmm. does not struggle with me any longer. And yeah, honestly, yeah, I would say no, it doesn't because of my walk with God. God has really brought me through a lot a lot of stuff mentally and even just the physical aspect of your body gets super tensed up when you have anxiety and yes I definitely would say sometimes anxiety might come back and it might try and like trickle in through a lie or if I'm really stressed and had a lot going on my plate and then something comes up yes I would say sometimes it can come back and visit but you have the authority in Jesus to say um what is that thing it says did not not deny um, resist the devil? Yes, mm-hmm. resist the devil and he will flee from you. And there's nothing more truer than those words mm-hmm. of when you resist the devil in the name of Jesus. And that's the thing. You can't just resist him. You have to resist it in the name of Jesus because mm-hmm. the name of Jesus has the power to get rid of it. On your own. Preach it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on your own, like so many times I tried on my own, like, oh, please, please, please. Like, I, I just don't want to deal with these lies anymore. No, like you have to do it only through God. Mm-hmm. Like that was the only way that I've been able to now thrive in life and not be so toyed and kind of swayed by little things that happen so so because i walked through this experience with you both your dad and i did what i'm hearing you say is you gained some tools along the way and you depended on the lord and you used his word Um, is there any other tool you want to talk about before we close that helped you come against anxiety and not it trauma you know, is part of your story, but not your identity. Any other thing you want to add here at the end? Hmm. Um, let me think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would just say being a person who lived in so much fear, now being able to say that fear doesn't control me, and now really taking, like, I mean, I just, like, went to India, like, just a, <laughs> just, like, two, a month ago, mm-hmm. and that was the most fun, crazy, amazing mm. experience I've ever experienced. And I only could do that through the power of God. I mean. Because five years ago, you would not have done that, right? No. Yeah. I mean, even a year ago, yeah. I was still in transition of walking through things. I mean, not until last year when I fully realized, like, man, you know, mm-hmm. things I went through were real and hard. And so now looking back on it, I walk through so much freedom of walking into the truth and seeing how God revealed a lot of stuff that I walked through and um, revealing truth behind it. 
and also revealing things of, yeah, that was hard, but here were some lies you were believing Mm -hmm. and to unpack those lies. And I would say for someone admitting that you have fear is probably one of the hardest things or like admitting that you're really struggling is probably one of the hardest steps, but it is so freeing, Mm -hmm. um, taking that under authority, under the authority of Jesus and giving that to him and conquering that with him Mm. is also pivotal if you want to change that so one last question did you do all this by yourself you figured Mm. this all out by yourself no I definitely tell us us about your support that you had yeah um I not only had support in you guys for sure I mean mom you were very a big strong pivotal person to help me walk through it moments where I would walk through, have an anxiety attack, walk through different situations. And Parker and Addison, even though um, I would say Addison didn't understand it the most, she also walked it through of, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand, but I want to I wanna be here to help you out. And dad, you did a really great job. But even friends, like one of my best friends, she didn't understand, but she walked it through. And I think also if, if someone is listening to this and you're dealing with anxiety and to know that that doesn't control you. Mm-hmm. You um, you have the power to bring Jesus into the atmosphere. And even if you don't know how to, just start by saying his name. Um, just start by saying Jesus, Jesus, because that, that changes. That's mm-hmm. that's a You can change the atmosphere you're in. Put on some worship music. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime I just feel like I'm in a funk <laughs> and I'm like, man, I just feel down or I'm kind of upset or I'm just so sad right now. <laughs> I put on some worship music and the truth just sets in. So mm. I would say you can, you can control the atmosphere you're in. And, um, I love that. Yeah. So you had the support of family and friends, and then you also, um, went to see a counselor mm-hmm. and, and walk that through. And so we, you'll, you'll always hear us say, man, walking the journey with somebody is, is beneficial. Libby, thank you. Um, for being so open and so willing to share your story. And so, Chris, is there anything else you want to add as we wrap it up? No, other than that, as a parent, as a dad, it it feels it's so uh, encouraging when you see your, your children become adults and they're, they're healthy, they have their own challenges and struggles, but they have tools um, that they're going to, Libby, you're going to have a, a good future because of the foundation you've allowed God to build with you. Yeah, so as always, thank you for tuning in. We hope that Libby's story um, sheds light on the topic of trauma. Um, If you've experienced trauma, then your brain was affected. It affects behavior, but that's not the end of your story. (laughs) That's not who you are. And so we encourage you to have the courage, just like Libby did, to involve family and friends, involve counselors, get a mentor, talk it through because that does not have to be the end of your story. So thank you so much for listening. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to fahrenheitmentoring.org.